scumbags! Let's rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Level two, this is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Perenzi, the pimp, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between throwing it down. The Twisted Tuesday continues. The Denver Nuggets uh, get it done this evening. So the series is going to continue just a little bit uh, longer. 114-106, a collective effort. Jamal Murray goes off, uh, dropping threes. Uh, Nikolai Jokic does his thing. Jeremy Grant, a big difference maker, uh, Anthony Davis hit the epic shot to win game two, but even though he put up 27 points uh, this evening, his prop was 28 and a half, so he's a failure, all right? Because that's how we judge things on the late-night anger management class. According to the numbers, good teams win, great teams cover. Um, but, you know, Anthony Davis, you know, listen, 27 points is great, uh, but uh, it's good, not great, but... The lack of rebounds was a big problem, not just for AD and prop betters, but it was a problem uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers. They got crushed on the glass uh, this evening. 44-25 on the glass. It's not going to get it done. I don't even know how it's possible to only have uh, 25 rebounds in an NBA basketball game. Uh, Yeah, there is another uh, series going on. It's easy to forget because they haven't played, it feels like, in a couple of weeks. Uh, But the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat are going to be getting uh, back after it. Boston lay three. People think Boston are coming back in this series. Uh, they've got Richie Cunningham back in the lineup and uh, Howdy Doody, Gordon Hayward. And uh, Hayward's a good player. Uh, they're a better basketball team with him on the floor. And this isn't going to be easy for the Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler's tired of always digging out of uh, holes. We're now just one week away from the start of the Major League uh, Baseball uh, playoffs. And, you know, is this a pennant chase going on right now? No. I mean, come on. 16 teams are making the playoffs. We could have teams with sub-500 records in the Major League uh, Baseball uh, playoffs. So I'm not really down with any of this pennant chase crap or any of, ooh, this team's getting there or this team's doing that for the playoffs. But I will be down next week when we can actually lay it down and bet on this stuff. And it's going to be pretty freaking crazy, man. Uh, First time ever in the history of Major League Baseball that we're going to have eight playoff games in one day. And, oh, yeah, it happens to be the same day that the NBA Finals are going to start. That's right. We're eight days away from the start of the NBA Finals. Billy Donovan is the new head coach of the Chicago Bulls. The end of the world has arrived as uh, Baylor's on the right side of uh, morality. College football, NBA, NFL, and more bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. That's the dumbest man I ever heard of. I disagree. I disagree. Sports Rage Late Night continues. I am Renzi. Vent your rage. We're into uh, level two here on the Twisted Tuesday. A lot of stuff to get to. Uh, we've been talking NBA for the most part in the first hour of the program. We squeezed in a little college football uh, talk. Uh, we got to get into some NFL. Got to get into some NHL. It's the Stanley Cup uh, finals going on. George Kurtz, Sports Grid's uh, George Kurtz steps up and in right now. What's going on, George? How you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Gabe. How about yourself? 
Uh, always good, uh, George. Ready, ready to, uh, ready to rock. And um, so uh, week two is done, and um, you know Raiders get it done last night. We cashed that ticket. That was nice to be on the right side. And I saw a great story today uh, in the LA Times about the Raiders, and I can attest to this living in Los Angeles um, and, you know, being there when Bo Jackson was there and, um, and Al Davis and, you know, it was the height of like the, uh, the height of like the gang wars and the, the bloods and the crips and the movie colors and all that type of stuff. It was a crazy era in Los Angeles then. That's always crazy in LA, but it was, it was really crazy in that era, but the Raiders were there and I used to go and uh, it was super, super cool. It was it was really crazy, but you get in for really cheap because no one wanted to go. People were scared, right? Like they'd get like thirty-seven thousand people only, man. Like people wouldn't go. Like the stadium is in Watts and South Central. You know, like I said, there was the gang war era. Raider fans were psychotic. <laughs> like like it was it was a real crazy crazy time. But so I saw a story in the L.A. Times, and so last night there were all kinds of Raider fans like outside the stadium and just sort of like you know, lingering around and stuff. And I tweeted out today, you know, George, the Raiders are the only team, the Raiders are the only team that can leave cities and their fans will still like them. You know what I mean? Like, the Raiders are still ultra popular in Los Angeles and the Raiders screwed L.A. over. The Raiders are still popular in Oakland and they screwed Oakland over. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, And now they're at Vegas. You know, the Raiders are just like a West Coast thing. I think if they move to, like, Pennsylvania or something, I think the the fans would tap out. But it's almost like, you know, the Raiders, as long as they're in California, it's cool. And, hey, Vegas is cool. It's right next to L.A. So it's it's amazing to me, the Raiders, the power of the Raiders. Like, I don't care, man. Like, if the Yankees left New York, would you still be a fan? If the Yankees moved, like, to another city, would you still be a fan of the franchise or would you tap out? I don't know. I think it's an impossible question to answer unless it actually happens. Uh, I know, remember about the Islanders years ago, maybe 15 years ago, they were uh, they would go to Kansas City or maybe Quebec. You know, we kept hearing that. And uh, I was I was asking myself, am I still going to follow this team? You know, and I, with the Islanders, I thought the answer was no because they were they were bad. So I'm like, oh, you know what, I'll just be a hockey fan. I won't root for anybody. I wasn't going to root for the Rangers. That wasn't going to happen. Or the Devils. But I'll just be, I still would have loved the game. But I don't know if I would have followed the Islanders. The Yankees be a different story. They've been a great team for the for the most part. So to say I would not follow them, I honestly can't give you an answer. I think with the Yankees, the answer would be I would for a little bit. And then eventually I wonder if that if it just wears off game. Oh, you know, they're, yeah, they're I, playing in whatever. I don't know. Uh, Idaho. I'm like, oh, you know what? They're not even here anymore. You know, a couple of years down the line, I think you would lose interest. Yeah, not a couple of years. I would lose interest instantly. Like. Like, I don't care. I never cared about the Washington Nationals. The Expos turned into the Washington Nationals. Like, I could care, too. It pisses me off that they use Expo stats, actually, of all-time, like, leaders and all that crap. Because, like, you know, they, they never played. These guys, you, you weren't the Expo. You're, you're a new franchise. not even the same name. It's a different city. It's a different name. It's not the same team, right? But the Raiders have that power that they're just that cool. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They, they just are. Like, there's something... The Raiders just you know, attract um, they attract crazy people as as their fans. And there's a base of Raider fans that aren't really football fans. They just sort of, you know, they like being part of sort of a mob mentality. Um, but at the same point in time, 
you're not going to find fans that are much more passionate than Raider fans are. Like they're 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 like I said, there's loyal as it gets. Like there's one thing about being loyal when the team sucks and still being crazy hardcore about the team, and they are. But it's another thing when the team sucks and moves every five years, <laughs> and people are still fans. Like it's it's amazing to me. It's just it really is. And uh, you know, good for them. They're off to a nice start. To me, you always hear that cliche, that story. Wow, the league's better if you know the Knicks are good, or the league is better if. If that team, the Cowboys, if, if this team is good or that team is good. But to me, the NFL is a better league and a cooler league when the Raiders are a relevant team. And I don't know. We'll see how relevant they are. But they're 2-0. and you got to give them credit for that. And now they get the Patriots this week. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. I think uh, your teams that have national followings, of course the league is better if those teams are playing well. I mean, it got to be a joke for a while, you know, the commitment to an excellence and all that with the Raiders, and we'd make fun of them because they were terrible. I'm not saying we need them to be great, but we need them to be relevant, right? That sort of thing. I mean, you and I grew up in the 70s. I mean, I know when I when people ask me, why am I a Cowboy fan? Well, the Giants and Jets sucked in the 70s. I mean, they were bad, and my father was not a football fan. You know, so I, you know, you, you naturally gravitated towards the Raiders, Dolphins, Steelers, Broncos were big, Cowboys. Those were the big teams back then. And uh, so I'm not surprised that the Raiders have that following. You said they are maniacal, the Black Hole, back when they were playing at the Coliseum and all that. So, uh, but it must be hard because you said it. Oakland, then they went to Los Angeles, then back to Oakland, right? Now they're in uh, Vegas. I mean, boy, if you, if you are a true Raider fan, this has got to be a little rough to keep, uh, to, I guess, to keep up with this team and keep wanting to root for this team when they keep really ripping your heart out every other year, it seems like. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just it's part of this, what they do. They'll be in Vegas for a while, though. I mean, you know, this they'll probably be in Vegas. I can't, you can never say forever right, with these guys, right? They'll, they'll, when there's a new planet, you know, when there's a new planet, George, in the future, you know what I mean? When you finally, like, we start, you know, like, living on these future planets, like, the Raiders will be the first team. They'll be the first ones. Yeah, we're leaving Vegas, and we're playing. We're going to Mars. We're going to be the first team in Mars. Like, yeah, we, we, we got it. We're going to Mars. And Jerry Jones, junior, 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 will be on the board approving it. Um, although I don't even know if we're that far away uh, from this uh, this craziness. But one thing about the Raiders, like I said, it's like a gang. It's like the, they have this gang mentality that the, the fans that it doesn't matter. Like once you're, it's like the mob. Once you're a Raider fan, uh, you're a Raider fan. And one thing it was, it was ultra cool. I used to go see Bo Jackson, and that was real cool. Best, you know. I was, I'm thinking about, like, the best football player I saw in person. I got to say Bo, you know. Um, he's got he's to be right up there. It's challenging. I saw some good players, but Bo Jackson. But I told the story on Twitter. Um, ultra cool. So I used to go, and it was at the, uh, the, the um, you know, the Coliseum. And, you know, where, where the Rams were playing. And it's not in a great area and stuff like that. So it was nuts. It was the, you know, late 80s and stuff. And. It was out of control, man. There were no ushers in the stadium. It was just LAPD, except the LAPD wouldn't like do anything. They just sort of stand there, like, and prevent a riot. But yeah, it was over the top, man. Like, just people wasted, and you better not be cheering for the other team because it wouldn't end well. But uh, I met Al Davis, and I'll tell you, say this about Al Davis: like, not a lot of owners, George, are hanging out in the parking lot with fans before the game. Al Davis would. Like, he'd show up, he'd roll in every game in, in his limo, and he'd get out, and he'd come out, and he'd, you know, he didn't hang out and drink beers with people. He was old even then. But, like, he'd come out, and he'd, he'd talk to Raider fans. Like, he'd talk to them for a few minutes. I met him. 
And I was thinking, man, it's pretty cool. Like, how many NFL owners are hanging with, like, psychos in South Central L.A.? Like, George, it was psychotic, bro. Like, it wasn't like it was a meet and greet with kids there, George. Like, it, it was like a crazy atmosphere. And there's old man Al Davis loving it in the middle of it. There you go, Raiders. And everyone's loving it. And there's no cell phones in those days even, guys. It was like, no no, no selfies, just everyone. Ah, 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 ah. It was like yeah, crazy days. And I'll never forget, too. Uh, me and my buddy, we were at the Raider game, and we were smoking a big one. And uh, Hunter, the TV show, Fred Dreyer came over. And it was so realistic. The TV show was still on TV in those days, George. And I swear to God, man, uh, I looked over to my buddy. I said, put it out, man. Hunter's coming. Hunter's coming. It was like he was a real cop. <laughs> we were scared of Hunter. And, of course, we couldn't resist asking Hunter, hey, where's uh, Stephanie uh, Kramer at? He, he didn't laugh. Not a very friendly guy. He's a big dude, too. Portrait late night continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Radio with Gabe Morenci. My name's Bobby and I am an addict. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Okay, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better okay. at it. Portrait late night. I'm Renzi. Level two. Quickest 120 minutes in sports. Uh, tonight is no different. George Kurt Sports Grid kicking it with us uh, right now. Uh, so, uh, Georgia Dallas Cowboys averted uh, disaster. It looked like it was going to be... Um, uh, an ugly scene at 0-2. We give him credit. Luckily, you were playing, uh, you know, one of the biggest choke artists in the history of sports uh, franchises in the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, um, they they got it done. Uh, it was a it was a nice win, dramatic uh, win, <laughs> and uh, just a wild wild game. But um, you know that was then. This is now. Now they go to uh, take on a Seattle Seahawks teams uh, whose offense is soaring like a Seahawk right now. Seahawks offense is uh, is killing it. Total is 55 and a half, guys. We have our highest total of the year uh, posted uh, so far. 55 and a half. And it's funny because we brought this up the other night on the show. And I guess it was last night. And I don't know. We, we're on every night. And I, we have so many guests on. But we were talking about how, uh, yeah, it was last night with Paul Bovey. And... Um, I said that the totals were 11 and 5 to the over uh, this week. And it's like, wow, 11 and 5 to the over. Um, and we said, yeah, but he said at the end of the year, you'll see it'll be as even as it always is. And I said, yeah, because even though there's more scoring, even though there's more scoring, they're just going to um, they're going to adjust the numbers, George. But scoring is way up. Like people wondered what it was going to be like without training camp and uh, without the spring, uh, without the uh, the exhibition games and limited camp practice with pads and all that, and would the offenses suck and what would be ahead of who and all that stuff. But uh, scoring is way up. You know the average guys they're putting up on average right now, 53 points a game. It's uh, you know 
20 years ago, uh, two weeks in, the average was 37 points a game. <laughs> like, it's crazy, George, like how football has changed. But we're in a new era right now, and offenses are scoring like crazy. And this is what the NFL wants. They want 50 points uh, plus. They want 60 points to be scored a game. That's what sells, right? That's what this country wants. That's what the fans want. Nobody wants a 17-14 bowl game anymore. People want, you know, 35-31 with uh, both offenses going up and down the field. You know, that's why they're protecting the quarterback so much because they want these scores to happen. You know, that's why you can't hit a quarterback without getting a 15-yard penalty. You can't hit a receiver without getting a 15-yard penalty and all this uh, stuff. This is what the NFL wants. They're getting what they want. Now, I agree with you. I think it, a lot of it is because of, uh, you know, the truncated training camp. The no mini camps here. Although I have to admit, I'm surprised that you would have thought offense generally you need to be playing together to know where each other going to be, you know, get that chemistry going. Doesn't seem to be affecting uh, many teams. Some teams it is. Tom Brady hasn't played all that well in the beginning yet. Drew Brees certainly has some issues here. But uh, everybody else is putting up points by the bucket load. Yeah, it's been it's been a track meet uh, so far. And I think also, too, I, you know, listen, there's always a million there's always a million different uh, contributing factors to, to all this stuff. But I think part of it as well is the, the lack of tackling is an issue. Right, players aren't good tacklers to begin with right now in this day and age, and they really had limited um, they had limited tackling practices. I think it was ten, George. They had twenty one practices, thirteen in pads, um, ten with like tackling type stuff. Like they, it was it was real limited. Like NFL players get screwed over on their contracts, but they are very good with this practice stuff. <laughs> like like they don't. Like, you know, the old movies about the vicious two-a-days and all that. That's yeah, kind of not, like, it's not happening. Um, like, there, there's limits. Like, you know, they only have, like, four hours with the team. on Like, you know, there's limits on the field and all that. There's a lot of different rules. So, I think that's challenging. But also, George, you notice there's so many injuries, bro. We have Dr. David Chow on, and, like, every team is missing. Linemen, linebackers, and, and this and that, and cornerbacks. And, you know, we're down, like, the, you know, a lot of teams are already at third-string players and stuff, George, that quite frankly are great athletes, good players, but they're not first-string NFL-caliber players, and they're getting shredded by starting quarterbacks. Yeah, that's definitely playing a part of it. We're seeing a lot. I mean, I don't want to – I'm not going to blame every injury on the lack of mini camps, the lack of uh, the training camp. You imagine they don't tackle anymore. They, they, they do very few – Live hitting. The Oklahoma drill, that never happens anymore. You're not allowed to do any of this. This is what the players have bargained out, the CBA. They've given yeah, up but money they, they, but the to have But the coach would get shot. Yeah, people would people want well, it all ways, George, right? They would say, they, people say, oh, they don't even practice. Oh, it's weak. They don't know how to tackle because they don't practice. And then, oh, yeah, Zeke Elliott got hurt because he got drilled in practice. How's that going to go down, right? That's the era we're in right now. It's damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right, because you, as you said, if, you, if a player gets hurt in practice, we all want to strangle the coach, right? That's why we're always afraid of uh, in our preseason games, right? God forbid, you know. That's why the uh, Ezekiel Elliott would have gotten what two carries in preseason, maybe. Dak Prescott might have played a quarter, at most, maybe just a couple of series. You know, you don't play your stars in preseason. You just don't do it because you don't want to get these guys hurt. But it's hurting the game because these guys aren't ready. We we knew that September football was going to be different. We've, been, we've all been saying it for a while that it'll take a while for football to be football. Now, I think that'll be week five, week six, when things get uh, caught up here. But I don't know if the tackling's going to get much better. They just don't do it other than game situations. Uh, so speaking of points per game, guys, and listen, every year 
every year there's like one or two teams that'll score a ton of points, right? Like the Chiefs a couple of years ago scored 35 points a game. Last year, you know, it was more, you know, in the 30 points a game range. So it's hard to sustain that like 35, you know, in that in that range. And to be exact, looking back you know, last year, to be exact, uh, the highest scoring team in the league, guys, were the Baltimore Ravens. 31.9 points per game. Kansas City were second, 29.9. Uh, it's hard to believe it. San Francisco were 29.6. We're right there, actually. All right, so... So, guys, last year, the highest-scoring team in the league, the Baltimore Ravens, scored 31.9 points per game. Kansas City, 29.9. You get the gist of it. Dallas scored 27 uh, points per game. Seattle was putting up 24.7 uh, per game. Now, I know it's only two weeks so far this year, but looking, you know, th- these are the points so far this year. The Green Bay Packers are averaging 42.5 points per game. The Seattle Seahawks are averaging 36.5 points per game. Baltimore are scoring 35.5 per game. The Raiders are putting up exactly 34. Uh, they scored exactly 34 in both games. Very impressive. 68 points they put up. The Atlanta Falcons are scoring 32 points a game. New Orleans, 29 points a game. The Buffalo Bills, who are going to be a dangerous team, man, with their defense if they're scoring 29 points a game, but that's what they're averaging right now through two games. Dallas, 28.5. You get the picture here, guys. Scoring way up, George. Yeah, you're not going to see any. I I don't know when we're going to see a great defense do damage anymore. Uh, You know, 2000 uh, Ravens. Well, you know, the Giants back when they were winning. Well, we're going to win with defense. Defense is nice. It's it's great to have a good defense. But if that's all you have, you're not going to win. You need to score points in this day and age. And I brought this up with the, the Bills uh, specifically because I think they are a very good team. Uh, now, this was before the season started. I didn't know Josh Allen was going to play this well. Uh, and hope if he keeps it up, then this uh, problem is solved. But my worry was, was always this for a team like the Bills. Very good defense. Maybe the best defense in the NFL. Offense, it's coming along here. But could they beat a Ravens team or a Chiefs team, who I think are the two best teams in the uh, AFC, try, you know, and just hold them to 24 points? Could they do that and still outscore them and still score 27? Or are they going to have to score? Because if you could have a good game against the Chiefs and hold them at 27. Yeah. And could the, yeah. Josh Allen and the Bills, could they score 31? As a, you know, I think it's, gonna be, it's a weird time in the NFL because you could have a very now good we'll defense to see still because can. of all the rules and all these talents. you still got to hold the team at 27, 28 points. It's, just, it's a weird time. With Stephon Diggs, we're seeing they can. Now, they, they played inferior teams. And the Dolphins and, 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 the, and the Jets, we can't, we can't dispute that. And speaking of the, the Jets and the Giants and scoring points, Ugh. the Giants are dead last in the National Football League after two weeks. They're averaging 14.5 points per game. Pathetic. And amazingly enough, the Jets are right there averaging 15 points per game. Think about that. The New York Jets and New York Giants combined are averaging 29.5 points per game, which um, would uh, put them... We'll put them six in the National Football League only. <laughs> Green Bay, Seattle, Listen, I Baltimore. This. Yeah, so yeah, you, you believe that? Green Bay, Seattle, Baltimore, Las Vegas, Atlanta have all scored more points in two games than the Giants and Jets have combined. I mean, I want to say this about the, uh, the Giants. Uh, you did play Pittsburgh. All right, that's a very good defense. And you did play Chicago, another good defense. 
You can say with Jets the same thing, right? You play Buffalo and you play uh, San Fran, but San Fran, they had nobody left in that game. Right? Everybody got hurt. They're complaining about the field. It's too sticky, whatever that means. Uh, but I, the Jets have no weapons. The Giants do have weapons. I think they'll get better. The Jets might get worse. I mean, uh, other than back to the offensive line that, that they, you know, they revamped in the offseason, adding all these free agents. Problem is they're, they're all blah free agents. Back then, the, uh, once again, he's a monster at left tackle. I think he's going to be great. But the rest oh, of these guys They're going to be the worst no team in football game. this year. They're going to be I the worst so. team. Well, I think they are. And then they're going to have a big uh, quandary on their hands because, you know, I don't know, supposedly Sam Darnold's so good. Is it a big quandary? Is it a big quandary? Uh, yeah, but what do you do with Sam Darnold? Like, I who's going to take him? I have a Jeff goes, we, get, we trade him. Can we get a fourth-round pick for him? No. Who's going to take fourth him for round? a fourth-round pick? But you, you got to take Trevor Lawrence. Round. you got a fourth-round. I, I, I'm not that who? Issue. They're very <laughs> – I don't think so. Is Sam Darnold better than Mitch Trubisky? Is Sam Darnold's not terrible. I'm not up. ready to run the kid out of the league, but – Whatever, no, if the no Jets help. are the he's worst no team help. in the league. No, and he's had a million different coordinators. All right, I want to get Georgia Stanley Cup thoughts on the other side. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting because I think the Jets are going to be the worst team in the league. Who wants Sam Darnold? That's the question. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Let me get this straight. You took all the money you made franchising your name and bet it against the Harlem Globetrotters? Uh, I thought the generals were due. He's spinning the ball on his finger. Just take it. Take the ball. That game was fixed. They were using a freaking ladder, for God's sakes. Sports Rage Late Night continues. L.A. Rams and the Buffalo Bills line movement. Uh, money coming in on the Rams. Uh, Bills were two-and-a-half-point favorites, uh, now one-and-a-half-point favorites. Josh Allen, um, always uh, Josh Allen, always, um, always facing criticism, um, came into the league and got criticized even by NFL players uh, before he even threw a pass. And uh, it's funny because, remember, Jalen Ramsey, um, called out Josh Allen before he even threw a pass in the NFL, and he said, this guy sucks. And uh, and then when uh, Jalen Ramsey was on the Jaguars, Josh Allen ran him over in the end zone for a touchdown, slammed the ball in his face, and then mocked Jalen Ramsey's dance. You know what Jalen Ramsey did? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. He walked away. Um, so I, And guess who's coming to town this week? Jalen Ramsey. It's perfect. It's a perfect setting. Uh, you know, the Bills, listen, the Bills are 2-0, and but the Bills have played the uh, the Jets and the Dolphins. Uh, the Rams are 2-0. and um, You know, listen, nice win. They beat the Cowboys. Cowboys are a decent team. The Eagles kind of suck. It is what it is, but they, they have more impressive wins than the Bills do, uh, per se, at least, uh, as uh, you know, who they played. But as far as Josh Allen is concerned, um, how about this? So, uh, basically, there are four quarterbacks, all right? Four quarterbacks that have had 
700 passing yards, six touchdown passes, and zero interceptions in the first two weeks of the season. Peyton Manning in 2013, Tom Brady in 2015, Patrick Mahomes in 2019, Josh Allen this year. Um, yeah, I threw 417 uh, yards uh, last week. Here's the uh, NFL quarterback rating so far for the year. Russell Wilson, number one, 140. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 134.6. Hey, Josh Allen, number three, 122.9. And you know what? Here's another guy that everybody says that sucks, and all he does is win, win, win. Ryan Tannehill, fourth highest QB QB rating in the NFL right now, uh, George. So, hey, it's a big football game. Between the Rams and Bills, winner of this game is going to be 3-0. and Who do you like? It is an interesting game, right? Now, I, not because of the Bills. I think the Bills are a good team. Are the Rams a good team? I mean, we're wondering here. All right, you beat Dallas, but we know Dallas has their issues. You mentioned the Eagles. The Eagles have more issues, right? So, I don't know. Are they a good team? I'm wondering here. I want to find out. I think we will find out. I like what, uh, what they've done there. I think McVay has uh, he's become creative again. He's putting Goff in good situations here, but we'll find out. It's Buffalo. That's a real defense. All right, that's a real defense here. I'm going to like Buffalo. I mean, I think their defense is better than the Rams, and if Josh Allen continues to play that, and I'll be the first to admit, you said it already. They play with Jets. The Dolphins look like they have the worst pass defense in the NFL, and the Jets have given up, right? They trade everybody away. Mosley's uh, not going to play. Adams is gone. This team is toast. So this is a good test for uh, for Allen as well here. I like the Bills this week. I think they go 3-0. What's your pick for the your your Cowboys getting five against Seattle total fifty five and a half? Probably taking the over again. Uh, I don't I don't see how Dallas is going to be able to. Uh, I mean, I think it's gonna be a high scoring game, sort of what we saw Sunday night with New England. I mean, uh, this, uh, the Hawks have no pass rush whatsoever. I mean, uh, Cam had all day to throw there, and uh, Dallas should be able to eat them up there. It may come down to which quarterback has the ball last. Right, which one has the ball left? They score the last touchdown. It pro- I'd like to say it's going to come down to turnovers, but as Atlanta proved, well, you can lose despite scoring 39 points and getting three turnovers. So uh, I got to go Seattle. I, uh, I trust Wilson more than I trust the Cowboys. Uh, some primetime games next week. We got some good ones. Well, I should say this week, but it feels like next week. You know what I mean? Like So week three, the Sunday nighter, the Green Bay Packers, plus three against the New Orleans Saints. Um, so Rodgers versus Breeze is struggling. Drew Breeze right now. Totals 51 and a half there. I had a big time Monday nighter. And this Monday nighter has the feel of that uh, Rams Chiefs Monday nighter from a couple of years ago that turned out to be the highest scoring Monday nighter ever. And maybe like the best Monday night game ever. And also drain the hell out of both teams too, moving forward after something to keep, keep her eye on. But a heavyweight showdown. Lamar Jackson and the Kansas City Chiefs go to Arrowhead. Or, excuse me, Kansas City um, goes to Baltimore. Uh, Lamar Jackson hosts uh, Mahomes. Uh, Chiefs get uh, three points. Very, very rare that the Chiefs are an underdog. And, in fact, I can't really recall. I mean, when was the last time the Chiefs were an underdog? The Patriots in the playoffs or something like that? Couple of years ago, remember they, they, they lost yeah, two years ago. Like they should have won that even game. that game. What was the spread? Was it like I mean, it was like a point and a half or something? Anyways, yeah, my point is it they're was, not underdogs. Often <laughs> they're on the road. They're getting three no. points at Baltimore. Uh, total is fifty-three and a half. 
Surprised the total is not a little higher. Hey, listen, 53 and a half. How are there not points in this game between uh, Mahomes and, uh, and Lamar? Well, that Chiefs offense has not been clicking yet. They're winning games, but they're really not clicking. They're looking like the Chiefs that we expect them to look here. That is true. I think Baltimore's the best team. I think Baltimore might be the best team in football right now. That might change as the year goes on, but I think they might be the best team. They are playing well. I don't think they're completely clicking yet either, but they got a, we know they got the strong running game with Lamar and all the running backs there. The passing game, I think, is going to click on this game as well. It's uh, I know there's no fans, but still it's in Baltimore here. I need to see KC play better. I need to see them play better there. That team is built on the offense. I know they've lost some people to COVID who opted out. I think it's hurting a little bit there. Uh, Mahomes, by the way, have you seen some of the drops he's taking? And what I mean by that is he's, he's not taking seven-step drops. He's going 10, 11-step drops. I, mean, I don't know what the point of this is. This is bad mechanics. You don't do that. Uh, it's weird. Uh, so I don't know. They gotta, I think they got to re- get that in as well. I don't know if it's in his head that he's going to get a pass rush. He wants to go further back so he has more room to roam here. But uh, I don't think Kansas City is quite uh, – I don't think they're quite the Chiefs yet. I like the Ravens Monday night. One thing, one thing, and I watched the, um, you know, the Charger game uh, with the Chiefs. One thing with the Chiefs where you notice they've got some offensive line problems. And as you stated, Mahomes is like – I think they've told him, basically. I think it's by design, bro. So he doesn't get killed, essentially, right? They're like, you know what I mean? Let's just roll out. He's got such a great arm. He throws from weird angles. Plus, he's just unorthodox to begin with, and he's going to do whatever he wants. It's like, who's going to tell him to change, right? Um, but, man, look at that one of those. Look at those last drives, man. There were penalties all the time. Um, you know, he's running for his life. You know, don't forget, Laurent Tardif, um, you know, retired to be a doctor, right? He opted out. He's, he's a doctor right now fighting a COVID. They're, they're running backs. They've had protection issues. Um, with, you know, Hilaire's really good. Man, that guy's got good hands for running back, though, for a kid. Holy crap. Uh, he looks like a wide receiver. But, um, you know, you're right. They're, they're not clicking right now. But you know what's funny? They didn't. They never clicked last year, George, either. Like I said, like, their offense was better two years ago. Like, you know, after they won the Super Bowl, I both Mahomes and Reed said the same thing in different interviews and conversations that they said, you know, our offense could be way better. They said last year, and no one was ever, like, we were never really on the field at the same time together. And, you know, even when we were, like, Mahomes was never 100%. It never really clicked. Look at the Super Bowl. It didn't click. It was, like, in spurts, right? Like, they, they're living dangerously with these comebacks. They're due for a loss. That's one thing the Chiefs are due. Like, they're, they're due, like, they've been, you know, they've been dancing with the devil and coming back in these games. They're eventually, it was like the Raptors. The Raptors won the title, George, and then this year in the playoffs, they kept on, like, falling back and trying to come back, and they did. They finally ran out of lives, bro. Like, nine lives, they ran out of lives. And they finally did. So, like, the Chiefs got to be careful of that. So, listen, time's flown by, but um, about the hockey, the Stanley Cup, not to pat myself on the back, but we're 4-0 in the series so far. Tampa um, and the under last night, and I had uh, Dallas in the under in game one. So now the major decision decides in game three. And I've decided I'm taking the Tampa Bay Lightning, George. Where do you think the Stanley Cup finals go from here? Well, I'm with you on the Lightning. I, I wonder if this uh, series is going to come to a quick close now. I think the, uh, the Stars got game one, sort of like uh, in the well, – uh, Lightning last series versus the Islanders. The Islanders had no chance in game one because they had to travel. They played a long series, and the Lightning were rested. Same thing here. 
Lightning had to go a little further in the series against the Islanders. Stars were well-rested. Stars came out, beat them uh, 4-1 in game one. I know they almost choked the three-goal lead. I get it. They're not going to do that again. I think they're going to roll from here on out, actually. So, yes, I think they win tomorrow. I guess the back-to-back on Friday, Saturday is going to be a little interesting. See how that works out here. Uh, I yeah. know Kucherov's a little banged up, too. I'm sure you saw the game. They were, they were definitely going after him, which is what you do in hockey, right? You try and do it legally. Maybe they were crossing that line a little bit, but they're trying to bang him up. And maybe, just maybe, Stamkos does make a return here. Uh, I don't know if he'll play game three. I think it's more one of the back-to-back games here. But I like the Lightning tomorrow, and I like them in the series. You know, there was talk of Stamkos potentially playing uh, in game two. It didn't happen. You got to believe he gets in here. Supposedly he's he's you know he's telling them put me in let's go let's go and they're they're the ones that are like all right hold on hold on Cooper says we're not putting you on just to be part of the power play you know and listen he Stephen Cam was saying you know oh you can hurt the team that basically you know you don't put him in because you know they've got this far without him etc I disagree he's talking about Steve Stamkos here you know what I mean he's too good he's too good and. I get it, you know, like, you can't just have him on the power play, but at the same point in time, I think his conditioning might be a little bit better. Like, I think they're really erring on the side of caution. He's been skating hard for a little while now. I, you know, I don't. I expect to see him. I don't know if it's tomorrow, but I would expect, if not tomorrow, in game four. And I don't see how you don't get Stamkos in the lineup if you're the Tampa Bay Lightning. I agree. I probably wouldn't have played him yesterday either because uh, mainly – it's, uh, you're down 1-0. If, if he's not staying yeah. coach, if he is going to be hurting the team, because as you said, conditioning, okay, that could be a problem. You're you're even now. You're at 1-1. Even if things go wrong, I don't think they will. But even if things go wrong, you're down a game. No big deal. You'll be fine here. And listen, i, I got to be honest with you. I would have no problem putting him just on the power play if that's what you need. Going into last night, they were 0 for their last 14. I know they went uh, they went 2 for 4, so they yeah, exactly. the power play goes. Maybe they solved the problem. Maybe they didn't. But I would have no problem just playing him – you know, nine, ten minutes rather than his normal 18 to 19 and mainly on the power play. That wouldn't bother me in the least. He's one of the best power play snipers in the NHL. Yeah, I think, you know, everything comes full circle and he's been such a, you know, it'd be such a boost, too, to have this guy. Such a boost on the bench, you know what I mean? Just the energy that he'll bring uh, to, to this team. Uh, I think he's going to get in here. It's a good point that you raise as far as Cooper probably wanting to do it at the right time. You know what I mean? It's just sort of like, and now. And I don't, what better way to bring him back than if you're up 2-1, right? And what better way to bring him back then? I think that's kind of the, you know, I'm thinking, like, if I, my thinking would be, listen, we get up 2-1, we get him in here, we ease him into the lineup. If we're down 2-1, we need him. We're get, Let's get him in here. We got Stamkos, he's ready to go, right? Let's Let's get him in here. I get it. It's a delicate situation, man. As talented as he is, the bull, the bull, uh, talented as he is, the bullets are flying fast now, and he hasn't been there. Everyone, it's tough. We saw with Russell Westbrook, you drop him in there, and you know it's tough. And hockey's even different, but he's been practicing. He's good to go. You know, it'll, it'll be interesting. But yeah, I get the feeling that Tampa's going to win the cup now, George. I got Tampa in six. Had it before the series started, and I think uh, nothing's changed. They're going to win the cup. George Kurtz. Great stuff, George. Thanks for the time. Catch uh, George with Cam Stewart Sunday nights during the NFL games and more. Sports 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Portrait late night. I am Renzi. Show just uh, flew by as it always does. Yeah, for the record, I do like the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, tomorrow night. I've been pretty good in the Stanley Cup play. Better, better than pretty good. I've been great. Uh, we've done a good job. Um, Dallas have been a hard team to figure out, and I'm not writing Dallas off at all. I just think, I just think that Tampa, Tampa, you know, we're in a bad spot in Game One. And I think Tampa's got their legs under them a little bit. I know they know Stamkos is coming back uh, eventually, even if they're not this game, the next game, et cetera. You know, they've been, they've knocked on the door so many times, Tampa, right? I, I just I think Tampa's going to get it done. But I think this still could go seven games. We're not writing Dallas off. But tomorrow you got to bet on the game, and we got to pick a side. Uh, you tune in. We don't, you don't tune in for me to tell you, well, I'm not going to bet it. I hear hosts like, oh, you know, I'm going to pass on this, and we're just going to give you one prop from the game. It's like, well, you know, get off the air then. Like, what are you there for? Like, the only time you can't, you shouldn't be given a pick on a game if you're on the air is if you're the broadcaster of the game. I'll accept that. When they say, oh, I'm not going to give you a pick because I'm doing the game, like on Herb Street, I totally accept that. But, yeah. What's up, uh, Crash in Los Angeles? Um, yeah, that's the thing. So, speaking of Los Angeles, and Hanger's asking about Justin Herbert. I wanted to get to that, but we're almost out of time. We've got a couple minutes, though, here. We'll, do, we'll talk fast. So, yeah, uh, Anthony Lynn comes out and basically, <laughs> like, rips Justin Herbert. Cause, and now it's just, you know, chill out, Lynn. All right? I get it. You're putting the kid in his place. There's no need to put the kid in his place. So he basically stayed. Because people are like, uh, so is Herbert the starting quarterback now? And he said, no, Anthony Lynn's the starting. Uh, Anthony Lynn said, no, no, Tyrod Taylor's starting quarterback. But he left himself that little window. He said, if Tyrod is 100%, he's a starting quarterback. So now people are, yeah, but look at look at what happened in the game. He nearly beat the Chiefs with Herbert. And Lynn says, well, he's a backup for a reason. And then he starts saying, he goes, you guys don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> about he goes, you guys just don't know football. He goes, he goes, yeah, he did good things. He goes, you know how many things we, we couldn't do because of mistakes he made? He goes, he's a backup quarterback, all right? like bro like really i mean herbert played well you don't have to throw the kid out of the bus like this we'll hit this more tomorrow other than that you're on your own later 